and welcome to OUA In Conversation. My name is Justine. And I'm Griffin. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode. Justine, it was a great weekend of OUA sports. We got a ton to get into here, but first it was also Halloween. How was your Halloween weekend? It was good. I feel like Halloween gets like less exciting when you get older because you don't do all the trick-or-treating and all that fun stuff. But it was a great weekend. We carved some pumpkins, uh, baked some pumpkin goods, love me a nice pumpkin spice latte, called me basic, but it was great. And I saw some great Halloween costumes on the internet. Oh yeah, some really creative people out there for sure. Yeah. What were some of your favorites? Oh, sorry. I was going to say my favorites. I really liked, um, there was a little kid who dressed up as Delano Banton from the Toronto Raptors and they had the little mustache and the braid and the jersey. It was great. Um, I also saw uh, two women who went as um, Diana Taurasi and the door that she broke after the (laughs) Chicago Sky won the WNBA finals this past year. Um, so those were two of my favorite costumes. I also really like Patrick Mahomes' costume. Him and his, I think, fiance, Brittany Matthews, and their child, they went as um, the Dalmatians and Cruella um, from 101 Dalmatians. So very cute. Yeah, a lot of fun sports costumes out there. Uh, I saw a couple that went as uh, Austin Matthews in the Stanley Cup, and all of the comments were about aren't the costumes supposed to be related to each other if you're a couple? So uh, some good Austin Matthews slams in there, poor guy. But we also, as we mentioned, Justine had a lot of OUA to get to this weekend, starting with our guest last week, Emily Van Dam and her Trent Excalibur in the lacrosse final. Yes. And so last week, as Griffin mentioned, we chatted with Emily and she predicted a win for her Trent Excalibur in the women's lacrosse final and that they would play Queens in the final. And she was absolutely right. So spot on. Yep. Her uh, Trent Excalibur beat Queens 10-9 in the final. Maybe a career in analysis after the lacrosse war wraps up for Emily there. For sure. I feel like as a goaltender too, she would have like a great view of the the field and would just know players tendencies but yeah it was a close 10-9 victory Trent led the entire game and the thing that I was like most impressed with was their dominance given how much time was between the championships so they won their second consecutive championship this year but it's impressive to see teams go back to back but there was also a year in between so to me that's just super impressive to see them kind of be able to go into COVID on top and come out of it also on top. Yeah, we talked to Emily about how uh, the team stayed together during that COVID break and stayed close. So shout out to them because clearly that worked very well as Trent is your champions once again. And their coach, Tori Wasson, um, was the coach of the year. And for a full list of all the All-Stars and MVP winners, you can check out OUA.ca. Yeah, we also had a rowing championship this weekend. Uh, The women's champions were the Western Mustangs, while the men's title went to the Brock Badgers. Congratulations to everyone involved there and all the rowers on a great season. We also previewed the rugby semifinals last week on the podcast. We got some updates on that front also, and no surprises here. Guelph beat McMaster 46 to 12 on the women's side. And also on the women's side, Queens beat Brock 78 to 8. So this means that Guelph and women and Queens, sorry, will face off in the women's rugby championship this weekend. 
Meanwhile, on the men's side, it was Guelph beating Brock 52 to 28, while Queens beat RMC 34 to 0. So on the men's side, we've got Guelph taking on Queens in the rugby championship. So a mirror matchup there. A lot of bragging rights on the line in the rugby finals this weekend. For sure. It'll be interesting to see if one team wins both or if they split or to see what will happen. But as we said, no surprises here. Two absolute rugby powerhouses kicking off in the finals. Yeah, we'll talk more about the finals in a minute. But first, I think we should talk to our guest because he knows a thing or two about rugby. Uh, Glenn Butler from the Royal Military College this week. So Glenn is a member of RMC's men's rugby team and has represented Team Canada on the under 18 and under 20 men's rugby teams. So Glenn, welcome to OUA In Conversation. Guys, thanks for having me. No problem. We're excited to, to chat with you. And I don't know about you, Griff, but I'm really excited too, because I don't know a ton about rugby. So I'm really excited to learn. Yeah, that's one of the great things about this podcast is we get to cover a lot of sports that don't get uh, maybe all the coverage that they deserve. So Glenn, you started playing rugby in grade seven. Um, how did you get started kind of uh, in the sport? Yeah, so like grade seven wasn't too early. Uh, my stepdad actually played rugby. Then he was the one who introduced it to myself and my brothers. Uh, in my area, there wasn't that much rugby, honestly. So it was small. We just kind of go to a few training camps here and there. Uh, and then eventually our local club had a men's team. Eventually they were able to get a program for under 13, under 14 sides. So slowly just gained a bit more experience here and there as I could uh, until high school, really, is when it's all really started for me, when I started playing for my high school. And then, of course, you are a fullback now. How did that come to be? How did you discover that that was where you belonged on the pitch? That's a good one. I didn't actually discover that. Uh, RMC coach Sean McDonough discovered that one. I always played uh, inside or outside center, and I played that for my first game uh, back in my first year for RMC. And then on the bus ride home, coach brought me up and was like, what are your thoughts on playing fullback? I said, I've never played it before, but I'm willing to try it out. Like I've seen it. It looks, looks like a lot of fun. Gave it a shot and I've uh, been there ever since. And I've, I'm loving it. And sorry, what does a fullback do for those who don't know? <laughs> so the biggest difference is on defense. On defense in rugby, generally the whole team is in a, on the line so they can stop the attack but the fullback is kind of the last man back almost the safety if you will uh so i'm back i can see everything so i do a lot of talking to to our guys in front of me helping them organize and then if anything happens breakthrough or a kick comes across i can come over and make a tackle or uh, catch the kick and cover so it's kind of last man back on defense then on the offensive side uh it's kind of similar to the number 10 position so almost like a quarterback a lot of distributing and organizing again. So in my mind, it's a really fun position. There's a lot going on, so it does get busy, but I, I do love it. And it's definitely a role, like you just explained, that involves a lot of leadership. Uh, how long did it take you to get used to adapting to that? Uh, I think it took a while, honestly, and especially in first year. As a first year on the team, like I was nervous being at the back, especially having to order some of the guys around uh, who I knew had a lot more experience than me on the team. Uh, so it did take me a, a little to kind of find my voice and find my position in the role of fullback. But I think just as I got more experience uh, being back there and as well with the team, I think I just got more comfortable with it. And now I'm probably talking 80 minutes out of every game. 
So how has your senior season, like how, how did you feel about it? Did you guys have a grad game? I saw that this weekend it didn't um, necessarily go your way, but yeah, how are your feelings now that like rugby is like done for the season for you? Uh, honestly, this, I couldn't have asked for a better season in my, our, my fourth year, uh, especially coming back from COVID, uh, like a lot, because RMC, we're dispersed all over Canada. I haven't seen most of my teammates for a year, year and a half uh, since my second year of school. And then coming back, we were able to put together a really good team with a good strategy. Everyone bought in and we ended up uh, finishing regular season three and one, which is the best RMC's done uh, while I've been there. And then we got to go into the playoffs for the first time uh, in a few years. Again, first time with my generation of players. Uh, and then losing to Queens last weekend, 34 nothing. That's by far the best we've ever done against Queens. So, again, I am beyond proud of myself, the team, and all of our supporters. Again, so this is the almost a dream way to end my career at RMC. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, I am interested last year, of course, when your team is scattered across the country, both as one of the older students and as a fullback, you've sort of got that double leadership role. How did you approach that when you guys couldn't all be together in the same place? Yeah, that was hard. Um, it was really hard. So I, actually, I lived with one player on the team, actually. So that was nice. So we did a lot of stuff. But as you said, like we were dispersed. So it was hard. We did team zoom meetings every month or so try to do a few team building activities over zoom but like you can't really do much it was like it definitely was hard um but i think most of it was making sure everyone's staying in shape still has rugby on their mind even though they may not be playing it at the time uh, and i haven't mentioned it yet but we have i think we have 12 or 13 fourth years on our team this year so i think our leadership core is i'm really fortunate for that this year no, so I think over COVID, our captain, Braden Gray, did a really good job keeping everyone informed and keeping us up to date with what we should be doing to help just kind of keep us moving towards the eventual goal of coming back to rugby, coming back to campus. Are you, so you said you're a senior, are you planning on continuing to play rugby? Like kind of what are the next steps for you? I, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, it all depends because RMC, I'm in the military, so as soon as I graduate, I'll be getting posted uh, somewhere throughout Canada. Not sure where I'll end up, honestly. Uh, but right now, I am part of the Toronto Arrows uh, Academy. And so that academy is for Toronto's professional rugby team to develop uh, talent, usually the university ages, to potentially play for the professional team. So I'm hoping if I can continue developing through that and maybe eventually earn a spot on the professional team, I might see if I can take a little break from the military, see if I can play some more rugby and then just go back to my the military side of life when I'm not playing. So I might try to do that if it's available. If not, uh, maybe just some recreational rugby and then again, just focus on my my career after school. Yeah, that's one thing we haven't really touched on yet. The fact that you have spent the last four years at RMC. How did you end up there? How did you make that decision? My stepdad actually went to RMC. He, uh, so I've been to RMC a few times growing up for the reunion weekend, which is RMC's version of homecoming. So I've been to the campus before. So I've kind of known the life of uh, RMC before. And then as well, when I was in grade 12, playing for the under 18 Canada side, uh, the assistant coach of that team, Sean McDonough, is the RMC head coach. So in my grade 12 year when I was applying to RMC, I got to play with RMC's head coach 
And then through that year and that bond, I it was a perfect fit for me, I found, and that really helped me solidify my choice as uh, to go to RMC. And so what you studied, uh, I thought I saw aeronautical engineering. So what is that true, first of all? And um, what kind of role would you be kind of looking at in, in the Canadian military? So that was true. I originally came here to become okay. an engineer. And then after first year, I was not enjoying it. So I switched to uh, business administration. Okay. Uh, so that's just my program of study. So at RMC, every, every student uh, has their program that they study in, whether it be engineering, business, English, history, uh, that they've, throughout the four years, you go after your degree. And then as well, you also have a military job. So for myself, I'm an aerospace control officer. So during my four years at RMC, I work on my degree. And then after my time at RMC, I'll go and get trained for my military job as an aerospace control officer. So it kind of, it's, there are two separate things, but you work work for both of them at the same time essentially okay and what is an air space control officer so it's it's similar to what you would see in like any uh airport for example pearson okay. uh so up in the tower helping control the air the planes coming in taking off kind of coordinating their movement so it's the same principles just on the military side of things and i was just wondering so um why kind of your your stepdad was obviously like a huge inspiration for you and in, in going to rmc um, and so you were obviously in the mindset, like I'm going to join the military after when you joined RMC. So why kind of, why did you kind of seek that out? If that makes sense? Like, did you have any interactions when you were younger with someone from the military or why did you kind of want to join? Honestly, I don't really know. So like, as I said, my stepdad went to RMC, but he wasn't in the military, uh, like when he, when he, when I grew up. But some of his best friends uh, still were in the military that were really good, close family friends. Um, so I've seen it. And then I don't know, I'm the, I'm, I like to say I'm an adventurous guy. I don't want to be sitting at a desk. I want to be to do something big in life. Like I want to be something part of bigger than myself, really. And I thought the military is one way I can have an impact. And then just growing up, learning about the military, learning about RMC, I thought it was it'd be a fit way to get a degree, get a career and again, be something bigger than myself and kind of make an impact for sure well thank you so much for your like service and for uh like enrolling and wanting to do that because that's I feel like not a lot of people um like especially at such a young age like coming out of high school that's like kind of how like where they end up you know yeah thank you I know I agree it's uh I think from my high school I was the second ever person to go to RMC but I think it's slowly turning more and more people are uh enrolling to RMC and the military so I, I it's really nice to see from my point of view uh, so I'm really proud of uh, some of the younger generation applying and wanting to uh, kind of go to the same route that I have and many before me have gone as well. And what's kind of the the community like there like have you are you like close with some of the other teams or yeah just kind of what's kind of like the student life at RMC? Yeah RMC is an interesting dynamic uh so RMC is a small school. There's maybe a thousand kids in the school. So it's in a way, it's kind of like high school. Everyone knows everyone, whether it be like friends or just acquaintances, like you, you end up knowing pretty much the whole school by the time you're done. Uh, so again, I'm the team, the rugby team itself is a brotherhood. Like I've 
they're going to be the best friends for the rest of my life, no matter what. Um, but even from all the other varsity teams, all of us are so close. And then from those, because the school is divided up into squadrons. Uh, so just different groups of people, about 20 in each year. And then so within that, you build friendships and you build relationships as well. So there's a, you're connected to everyone in the school, really. So it is a really close knit tight community. That's amazing. That's I remember going back or going to RMC because um, I played on the women's volleyball team at York and I saw the biggest Canadian flag I've ever seen in my entire life in that gym. And it's so it's like so it was so amazing. It was just like an overwhelming kind of experience, like standing there for the national anthem. Yeah, no, that's another thing. Just everyone has a sense of uh, I want I don't want to say duty, but like a sense of belonging and purpose at RMC. So I think that just helps us bring it together again, getting that tight knit family feel. Uh, I guess we'll get back to rugby here for a minute. Uh, we know that you've played for Team Canada on the international stage. You've been to places like Vegas, Hong Kong, Spain. Do you have a favorite place that rugby has ever taken you in your travels? Every place I've been lucky enough to travel to has been amazing for a number of reasons. But I think I think Hong Kong has stand, has stood out to me the most. Uh, it's a place I wouldn't have thought to to go by myself. Um, like I probably would have never went there myself uh wasn't for rugby and just the whole experience there is my first time playing for the u18 canada side uh it was a phenomenal phenomenal tour with the team we had a great group of guys and again the experience there the culture is nothing i've ever seen before so i just enjoyed every aspect of that trip and i would love to go back and did you get to sightsee at all while you were there and like what kinds of monuments or uh areas did you get to see uh, so yeah, we did a, a fair bit kind of on our days off after our games. Uh, I remember we went, we went downtown a few times. Uh, we actually got to have dinner at the consulate general of Canada's house uh, in Hong Kong. And that was really cool because Hong Kong and it's very mountain, uh, very mountainous, which is really cool because it's right on the ocean. So his apartment was kind of almost up a mountain overlooking downtown towards like the bay it was really cool. And then we saw, we visited the Allied Commonwealth Cemetery from World War II, which again, I thought was really cool because I find that's one part of World War II that often gets overlooked. So I really appreciated that. And then again, just even walking through the town to and from the field to the hotel, it was really cool to take in the just different culture that I've never seen before. That's fantastic. It sounds like an incredible experience. What was your favorite? You said you went for dinner. Um, there what was your favorite food or have you tried maybe not from hong kong but from all the places you've been have you gotten to try some of like the local delicacies hong kong i love seafood and in hong kong we had amazing seafood dinner fresh caught so i'd say that was definitely one of my favorites love that i mean i personally am allergic to seafood but i heard it's so amazing so i love it or justine um, no that's okay but um i saw you had quite the journey in in high school with rugby and about how you weren't able to play a couple years. Would you be able to walk us through that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so grade nine, uh, I wanted dying to play rugby for my high school team, uh, but I broke my collarbone uh, March break right before the season. So I was done for the season. So I just kind of helped out coach manage the team uh, for a bit. And then grade 12 or sorry, grade 12, grade 10 came. Uh, again, super excited to finally start playing, uh, but our school only had a varsity team. And for the on, 
the officer rules for the varsity had to be over 16 to play. Uh, and because I had a late birthday, I was only 15 at the time in the season. So I didn't get to play grade, grade uh, 10 either. So then grade 11 finally comes. It's grade 11. I can finally play rugby for high school. Uh, and I did, it was a really good season. And then grade 12 came, played for grade 12. And then that was kind of when I got picked up or scouted, I guess you would call it for U18 Canada. And that's kind of what kickstarted my journey to the higher level of rugby. Uh, so again, it was kind of a roller coaster of not being able to play for two years of high school. Uh, and then it just everything ramping up so quickly in the last two years. Yeah, well, that missing two years of high school, you must have really, really wanted to be on that rugby team to keep your motivation going through that whole thing. Yeah, it's uh, it was hard. So I was I always played sports as a kid, uh, but rugby, rugby, I never actually like, played just because of, again, I said there's not much rugby where I was from in Niagara. And so high school rugby was the one place I knew I was able to play. And then having that kind of taken away from me for the first two years just made me work even harder to be able to play and have a really good impact on the team uh, when I eventually did get to play in grade 11 and 12. So I think, again, everything added up to help me just learn how to work hard, keep on grinding, really, uh, and then eventually being able to play. And, of course, having sports taken away is something that I think a lot of athletes across the country can relate to over the past couple of years. Did you draw on your high school experience at all last year when you had rugby taken away from you again? Yeah, well, again, um, when COVID first hit, I actually broke my wrist. Uh, so I was kind of happy sports got taken away because everyone was missing sports, not just me. Um, and then at the same time, the COVID break actually gave me all the time in the world to fully rehab, fully recover. So in a way, I was kind of thankful uh, for the COVID break uh, that where I could get back up to where I wanted to be uh, before without actually missing any rugby that anyone else is playing. Uh, so I did actually really enjoy the break. But then by the time I was healthy, I was dying to get back into it. So again, it was just it's all uh, extended off season. Keep on working really hard. And because I knew eventually we would be back and this year we did came back and I think everyone, especially at RMC, especially everyone was working hard and I think it showed on the field this year. For sure. Yeah. You guys had such an amazing, like literally historical, you said performance this season. I was also just wondering too. So you said about your wrist and your collarbone, like how can rugby kind of like grow if that makes sense with it being like such like a, like a contact sport, like how can you kind of convince parents to enroll their, their kids in, in rugby? Cause personally, I never played rugby growing up. I know it's like not super um, common, maybe because of the physical, physical kind of nature of it. So kind of what have you learned in the process? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think every, every rugby player is really asking that because everyone wants to grow the game in Canada, especially. Uh, but I think it's just creating grass, uh, like grassroots level rugby, non-contact and slowly uh, teaching people the game, like younger, the better, obviously in any sport. Uh, but then just slowly taking your time. I found in the last few years, the growth of like touch or flag rugby for uh, junior, they just call it junior. So like under 10, I believe it is. That has grown a lot. And that's something I didn't have when I was a kid. So I think there already is more kids playing rugby now than even when I was growing up. So I think that's amazing to see. But again, I think it's like hockey and football. You don't start off full contact, full swing, start off small and then gradually increase the 
intensity and the physicality. And I think that will eventually lead to the growth of the game throughout Canada. I see. And so did you, when you started playing rugby, did you start off with, with contact or was it like that um, kind of touch or flag rugby that you had said that they're starting at the junior levels now? So I started, I started in full contact. I started, I think it was U12 or U13 when I started. So I actually did go straight into contact, uh, which was like interesting because I've never played a contact sport before. Uh, so again, as you said, it's physical. So getting thrown in into the ring like that is kind of kind of intimidating at first. Um, but just in practice, rugby, it's not like football or hockey where you have pads. So you have to be careful with your body because if you if you're tackling, you can still easily hurt yourself. So the way they practice is really a lot of emphasis on player safety, both offensive and defense. So I think it is uh, a really well it's been taught well to I think to all players to know actually how to properly form tackle so they don't get hurt and so we can minimize the risk of injury in the game. Yeah, that's something that I've always noticed when like you watch rugby as compared to football is that whereas in football people might just hit in rugby, it's much more proper tackling form. I know we've taken up some of your time here today. It looks like you're at an office or at work of some kind. Um, so I guess we will let you go. But just before you go, obviously we have Queens against Guelph in the men's rugby finals this weekend. I was wondering if you could give us give us a bit of an expert preview, maybe a pick if you're feeling bold. Yeah, um, that's going to be a good, uh, good game, I think. I do think Queens will be able to uh, go make a three-peat this year. Uh, we've played them twice this year, and both times they've played amazing. Like Queens, they're so good. Can't really do much. Um, but Guelph, just because with the pool play this year, I actually have not seen Guelph play this year. Um, but I do know a bunch of guys on the team, and I know they're going to be just as hungry as ever. So I do think it's going to be a good game. Uh, but I think I will give the upper hand to Queens. It's on their home turf they're the reigning champs. So I think they'll be able to do it again. Yeah. Queens is so dominant on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah. Their, their program has uh, been amazing for the last few years. So it's, it's been really fun to watch and I always enjoy playing them. Although it's always the, one of the harder games, but I do love playing Queens. Yeah. Are you glad that you're their neighbors or sometimes do you wish you could just get out of there a little bit? No, I, I like being Queens neighbors. It's, it's, uh, it's nice having them around again. I know a bunch of guys on that team, so it's nice seeing them in town. Uh, and then whenever we're not playing, it's always nice 10 minutes away and good quality rugby side to go watch on weekends when we're not playing. For sure. And although Glenn and RMC were not able to upset the Queens Gales this past weekend, still a historical season for RMC this year. Um, a big thank you again, Glenn, for, for coming on to chat with us. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thanks again to Glenn Butler for joining us here on OUA In Conversation. As we mentioned, a ton of great rugby coming at you this weekend. Uh, all on Saturday, we start off with the women's. Uh, we've got Guelph taking on Queens. These were the top two teams in the Shields division this year. We've got a couple of offensive powerhouses, Justine. Queens scored four or more tries in all four of their games, while Guelph scored four or more tries in three of their games. So it should be a great matchup in the women's final. And likewise on the men's side. So it's also Guelph versus Queens. And these two teams also didn't play each other in the regular season. And so on Queens' side, they have allowed only seven points this season. And all seven of those points were in one game against Trent back on October 2nd. 
and no team has scored on the Queen's Gale since. So pretty impressive there. And for Guelph, something to keep in mind is that they've scored over 40 points three times, over 50 points once, and over 70 points once. So uh, offense versus defense, some, some great rugby this weekend. Yeah, I only seven points allowed all season. I cannot get over that. That is an insane run from the Queen's Gales. Uh, but keeping it outside, we've got another final. This time on Sunday, it'll be the field hockey finals as Guelph again, this time taking on the University of Toronto. Maybe they're happy they won't have to play Queens in something. But uh, both of these teams won close semifinals two to one. And they haven't played each other yet this year, so they're getting their first look at each other in the final, but it was the top two teams in the regular season. They both came first in their respective divisions, so I can't imagine what two teams you would want to see in the championship more. And the third OUA championship this weekend is the cross-country championships, which will be happening Saturday. And we should really just call this like a Guelph episode. I know we had uh, Glenn Butler on, but there's so many, so many Guelph teams doing, doing so well right now. So the past champions for the men's cross country was the Guelph Griffins. And they actually won from 2005 to 2017. They won every OUA and U sports championship, except for one year and Western won the OUA championship that year. So some dominance from the Guelph Griffins men's cross country team. Yeah, our women's defending champion are the Queen's Gales. They've won the OUA for the last three years. But guess who won every OUA and U Sports title from 2005 to 2016, Justine? The Guelph Griffins. So, you know, they're going to be wanting their dominance back. That'll be a fun race to watch. But just when you thought that four finals was a lot, there's more coming at you. For sure. So the soccer and football playoffs start this week. And then also all of the lovely winter sports, which I'm so excited for, basketball, volleyball, my personal favorite, and hockey are all starting up this weekend. So as some sports end, some sports begin, and there's tons of OUA action. Yeah, I honestly think that this weekend I'm just going to open OUA TV on Saturday morning and just set up my spot on the couch, get like con- 20 bowls of snacks in front of me and just not move for like two straight days. There's so much OUA Make sure you catch everything you want to see on OUA.tv. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of OUA in Conversation. Um, If you're enjoying the podcast so far, feel free to leave a review and make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. Yeah, we'd love hearing feedback from you guys. So make sure you leave those reviews for us. Enjoy all the OUA action this weekend and we'll catch you next Thursday.